Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad that you're joining us today. Thank you for joining us. I was going to have some jokes about quarantine, but I don't have any. So you're just going to have to trust me that this is no fun, but we got some great days ahead of us. Hallelujah. Last week, I, I preached on the subject of Abraham and Sarah, and I shared on on the promise and, and how God remembered and visited Sarah and the promise came. And it was very prophetic to me. I, I felt a very prophetic utterance and there was a couple other thoughts in that passage. I'd like to revisit that this week. And what I'd like to do is there was a couple points that I didn't get to or didn't share for, for sake of time. But what I'd like to do is just take a few moments this morning with you and let's revisit that and let's look at the promises of God and how God is involved in our lives and how God causes these things to happen. So if you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to grab your Bibles and start by turning to Genesis. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 11. The Genesis chapter 11. And we... We know the story of Abraham. He's considered the father of faith. But Abraham's wife was Sarah. And the first introduction we have of her is in chapter 11, where it says she was barren and she had no child. And that was the introduction of Sarah in the scriptures. The verse before that says Abraham married Sarah and then the next verse, a verse all by itself, and I just, it says, she was barren and she had no child. What kind of introduction is that? Have you ever had something in your life where the first impression somebody gets from you or the first impression somebody has of you is somebody has already told them and said, oh, listen, this person's coming, and, and they've already put out a low expectation, a low threshold. And sometimes you walk into a room and it's like they've already expected, seen, or thought this about you. And that's how we see Sarah here. And that's also how we see Abraham, or Abram as it began, how that the, the backdrop is he had no heirs. He had no children. He had no a prodigy to pass on. So that's where we start in Genesis 11, and then we take to Genesis 12, and I've got about five or six points or thoughts that I'd like to share with you, and as I go through these, some of these points, there's some very practical aspects of walking in the promise, walking in the promise that God has given you, the dream that he shared with you, the word that he's given you. Maybe you've received a prophetic word. Maybe God's woken you up in the middle of the night and shared with you. Maybe you've had a dream. Maybe you've had a vision. I believe in the power of those things because I see in the scriptures time and time again when God met somebody in a dream. God met somebody in a vision. God confronted somebody in a dream or God said something to someone in a prophetic word. So God speaks to us in those ways. We have his word. We have his life in the word. And then we have the relationship and the interactions that we have with him. And in Genesis 12, if you could turn in your Bibles to Genesis 12, what I want to do is I just want to read a couple thoughts here and then I want to share 
the thought that a couple of verses I want to share, and then I want to give you my words on that. So Genesis 12, it starts that the Lord said to Abram. Right off the bat, the Lord said to Abram. And then he says, you go forth from this country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you and I will make you. And God gives him a blessing. God gives him a promise. God gives him an expectation. And what I want you to see here, the first thing, if you're taking notes, write this down. Start with what God initiates. Start with what God initiates. Don't come up with your own plan. Don't come up with your own idea. Start with what, what does God say? What did God say? God came to Abram. And I want you to see that pattern because as we go through this, we're going to see time and time again when God came to Abram, when God spoke to Abraham, and we're also going to see when Abraham took it on himself, what happens. So the first thing I want you to see, practically speaking, when God's given you a promise, when God's given you this word, when God's given you this picture, this vision, what I want you to see is you start with what God initiates. What has God spoken to you? Write it down. Write it down. Write it down and journal it. What has God spoken to you? My wife and I, one day we were in the vehicle for a few hours and we started to write down everything that God had spoken to us about certain things. And there was only two or three things that we felt were, were what he was speaking to with respect to destiny and future. And after we had written it down, we had literally 15 to 20 different instances, um, contacts, uh, words, visions, uh, confirmations from people, 15 to 20 of them, where God had spoken to us and said something. And what we did, we grabbed onto that and we said, this is what God has said. So start with what God has said. Write it down. Journal it. Have a separate page in a document or have a folder in your computer and that is what God speaks. And then write down what he speaks. The best way to remember something is to write it down. So start with what God initiates. That's chapter 12. And we're going through this to the next chapter, chapter 13. God visits Abraham again, or Abram again. If you turn in Genesis 13, we get about halfway through this passage, this chapter. And it's, it's about Lot and Abram and the, the, the difficulties they had there. And the whole land was before them. And what I find interesting is Abram said to Lot, pick what you want. I'll take whatever's left. Lot looks and he sees some lush land and he says, I want to take that land. It's going to be good. And Abram's left with what's left. God comes to him. And I love this. In verse 14, it says, now the Lord said to Abraham, or Abram, after Lot had separated, lift up your eyes and look. Lift up your eyes and look. And I love this because God didn't say, look everywhere except where Lot is. He said, look to the east, look to the west, look to the north, and look to the south. In other words, look all around, he says, because I'm giving you that. 
And it's, I want you to see again, God initiated this encounter. God initiated this conversation. What I see here, I want you to write this down. And I'm going to use some grammar that's probably incorrect. So the grammar police, uh, you can have some fun with this one. But personalize the promise. Personalize the promise. Pluralize, that's a new word, pluralize the blessing. The promise was to Abraham, but the blessing was for all. He says to Abraham earlier, he says, out of you all the nations and all the families of the world will be blessed. So God may give you a promise, and it may be very personal, but the blessing or the realization of it or the aspect of walking in it becomes very much plural and blesses others. So personalize the promise. Have that. Write it down. That's what I told you. But then also pluralize the blessing. Don't hold on to God's blessing because God's blessing is intended to bless others. So Abraham here, Abraham, he, God tells him to lift up his eyes. God tells him to arise and walk in verse 17. So listen, when God speaks to you, look around, see what he shows you. And then his ex-instruction to Abram was to say, to walk that area. Start walking those areas that God told you you're going to inhabit. Before he could possess it, he had to walk it. Before he could grab onto it, he had to walk it. Start walking in those things that God told you you're going to experience. You say, well, what if nothing happens? Keep walking. Well, what if, what if God told me I'm going to pray for people and they're going to get healed and they don't get healed? Keep walking. Look up. See. See people getting healed. See people's lives being touched. See, see people breaking free of addiction. See people breaking free of mental heartache and mental aspects and mental anguish. See people breaking free of mental um, illness and see them walking in life and see that and walk in that and then start to walk in those things and start walking in that territory. And God said to him, lift up your eyes, walk, and then I want you to see what Abram did. In verse 18, it says, Abram moved his tent and built an altar. And we're walking through this passage of, of seeing the promise given to Abram to seeing the promise fulfilled. And we see that God initiated it. But here we also see that now Abram had to move with it. Abram had to do and had to move from where he was to where God was going to tell him things were happening. And he built an altar. Don't stay where you are when God's told you to move. Don't stay where you are when God said, look around and start walking. What you need to do is you need to move in your mind. I'm not telling you to move your houses and everything else. I'm telling you, sometimes it's up here and we have to move our thinking. We have to move what our thought process. We have to move our tendencies. We have to move our habits. I can't have this habit. I can't have this discipline that is not consistent with what God says. He told me to look and to see. He told me to walk. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to move from this place of of my ability, I'm going to move from this place of my inability, I'm going to move from this place of lack or my doubt, and I'm going to move 
to where he says, and I'm going to pitch my tent, and I'm going to live here, and I'm going to build an altar. Again, we talked about it last week, intimacy. The story of Abram is a story of intimacy. The promise came through intimacy. The realization of that promise came through intimacy. Faith is very much an intimate relationship with God. So Abram, he picked up his tent and he moved. Now let's move forward to chapter 15. I want to give you a few principles here. I want to give you some practical thoughts on realizing the promise. I want you to keep going where God has spoken to you. Keep moving in the direction God has called you. Don't stop. Don't let a setback stop you from moving forward. Don't let something that you thought was going to happen and it didn't happen the way you expected, don't let that stop you, but move forward into what God has for you. And Abram moved, and then we see in chapter 15, God comes to him again, again. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. The word of the Lord came to him in a vision. I want you to see how God time and time and time and time again comes to us. Sometimes he might come once, but in the story of Abram, he came time and time again, and it was that he came. In chapter 15, it says he came, and he says, don't be afraid. I'm your shield, and your reward shall be very great. And God again is speaking to him. God again is showing him. God again is speaking to him of his future. And Abram says to him, how can this be? Will you give me a child because I'm childless? Should I just have him through my, my servant? And I want you to see something here, how God answers him. You know, since you haven't given me offspring, one born in my house is my heir. And Abram is trying to figure out, and he says, listen, since it isn't going to happen the way you said, God, why don't we make it happen this way? And how does God respond to him? In verse 4, it says, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this will not be your heir. It's not going to come from your house, from one of your servants, from one of your maids. Your heir is going to come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And what I want you to see is the promise that God has and the words he's spoken and the picture he's given, it's put inside of you. And what he wants to do is he wants to draw that out from you. He said to Abram, he said, listen, Abram, when I spoke to you of that promise, it's in you. Remember years ago, Pastor Nelson preached a sermon and it was all about it's in you. It's in you already. What God has placed and, and seen for you, he's already got the seed in you already. This week, Pastor Winona and I met with some other pastors and we had a great time of fellowship. And in part of the conversation, the one pastor looked at Pastor Winona and said, Winona, the seed is already in you. When God talks to you, he sees what's in you and he speaks to what's in you to grow. And he said to Abram, he said, no, it's not going to come that way, this way, this. He says, it's going to come from within you. It's already in you. So I want you to see when God speaks to you, it's in you. I also want you to see a couple verses later in verse six, it says, then he, Abram, believed in the Lord. 
When God speaks to you, believe him. Believe his word. Trust him. Believe his word. It says it was counted to him as righteousness. God looked at that and said, he believes me. He's right with me. And faith, which is believing in God, faith is taking his word and saying, I'm going to trust in that, and that's where I'm going to live. I'm going to live based on what he said. God said it, of Abram, it, he believed his word. When you believe something, you actually live it. In fact, if we were to inventory our lives, if we were to assess our lives, you and I are the sum total of what we believe. The life that we live is the sum total of what we believe. If you believe that God won't do it, quite often, that's where you live. But if you believe, which I do, that God will do it, God spoke it, and I believe he will do it, I have an expectation of things to happen because God said it and my faith is built on what he says and I am believing for his word, his truth, his reality to come and be part of who I am. You move and you live in the direction of what you believe. You move and you live in the direction of what you believe. Examine your thoughts. Take, take five seconds, 10 seconds, and just think about what do I believe about finances? Am I living in that direction? Am I actually, are my finances reflective of what I believe? Is my marriage, do I believe God's ordained my marriage to be a marriage that is great and awesome and blessed? And do I believe that God has brought my wife or my husband? Have, do I believe that he's brought my partner to me and it's a gift from God? Do I believe that or do I believe that they're not what God said? And quite often what we believe about something is how we live and it reflects in our life. And Abram believed God. That's Genesis 15. Believe God. Then I find it interesting because Abram still struggled. And after God said, don't do this, he believed God in Genesis 15. And then in Genesis 16, he tries to make it out himself. And Sarai, his wife, says, why don't you have a son through my handmaid? And he has an Ishmael. And I found this interesting because it happened after God spoke to him and it happened after he even believed. He believed God and he still struggled. So please hear me. You move in the direction of what you believe. Your life is a reflection of what you believe. It doesn't mean you won't have questions and it doesn't mean that things won't be hard. It doesn't. Sometimes I think we say, oh, just believe and everything's going to be okay. No, sometimes we believe, and that is when the crisis of faith hits. That's when the crisis comes, because I believe God said this, but I haven't quite seen it. And Abram believed God, and yet he still tried to figure it out himself. And what I want you to see from this, when you studied chapter 
16, you find out that God did not abandon Abram. Even though he made a mistake, even though he tried to figure it out himself, even though he did things contrary to what God had said, God did not abandon his promise and his word for Abram. There is hope for you. There's hope for me. Because even though God has said something and I may not have done it 100% the way God said, maybe I struggled with it. Maybe I believed it, but I still, man, I, I, I got to make it happen because this, God said this is going to happen. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to enter into the equation and I'm going to make this happen. And even though I might do that and I might make a mess, God does not abandon you. God does not abandon me. And we continue. I don't know if you've ever read these chapters this fast, but we're going through a very quick review here. And now we get into chapter 17, and God comes again. It says Abram's 99 years old. When he first, we first see the instance in, in chapter 12, he's 75. Now he's 99. And God says to him, the Lord appears to Abram and says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. And here we see God establishing his covenant. He spoke his words. He spoke his promises. He spoke his blessing. And he comes and he establishes. And we talked a little bit about this, this last week in the fact that God said, this is what I'm going to do. And what was on Abram was to believe and to walk according to what God said. But God said, this is what I'm going to do. And God established it. And in this chapter... God changes his name. And what I want you to see from here is accept what God says about you. Accept what he says about you. Not only that, but accept what God says about others. How does God look at them? Instead of putting them through your filter... Put them through his filter. And God looked at Abram and says, listen, I'm changing these things. I'm changing your name. I'm changing your wife's name. And you're going to have a son and your son's name is going to be laughter. He laughs. And what God said was, listen, I believe in you, Abram. In fact, this is how I see you. I don't just see you as an exalted father. I see you as a father of multitudes or a chief of multitudes. And I don't just see your wife as a princess. I see your wife as a noble woman and a woman that pursues and works and contends for those things that I've given her. He says, not only that, Abram, he says, but I believe in you and I see you. And what I see from you is faith. And what I see from you is a chief of multitudes and father of multitudes and your wife, your noble woman. And what I also see, Abram, is what the promise is going to be for you is a promise that is going to make laughter come every time you see that promise and speak that word. When the promise of God happens, there's going to be a laughter. And if you study the name Isaac, it doesn't just mean laughter, but the root word even has an aspect of mockery. And I believe that every time we speak and we see the promise and we live that promise, the enemy is mocked because the enemy thought he could steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. And it's almost like, ha, ha. 
Ha, ha, you thought, but God thought this. Accept what God says about you. That's hard. That's hard. Because God sees us how he sees us through Christ. We see ourselves often through our mistakes. And this was right after the mistake. 14 years after he has Ishmael. He's lived with that. And God comes to him and says, I haven't forgotten you. This is how I see you. This is how God sees you. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your failure. He doesn't see your problems. He doesn't see your inconsistency. He doesn't see your doubt. He doesn't see your lack. What he does is he sees you through what Christ did. And he says, through Christ, I see you strong. I see you whole. I see you productive. I see you mighty. I see you living the blessing that I have for you. Live and accept what God says about you. Believe what he says about you. And we get to chapter 18. Now, Abraham, and I talked about this already, where God's promise is Isaac. Let me say this out of chapter 18 is where Sarah hears that, and she laughs. The promise that God has given you will change you. The promise that God has given you will change you. It will move you towards what God wants you to be. It will move you towards where God wants you to be. It will move you towards where God is going to use you in a dimension in a greater way. The promise that God has for you, the words that he's spoken over you are meant to change you, to bring you closer. It's not to change your personality and everything else. God has designed you with your personality. God's designed you with your neat things, your funny things, your weird things, your awkward things. God has made you that way. But what he does is he takes that and then he pulls you into the direction of where he's taking you, which is called your destiny. And his promise takes you from where you are and moves you to your destiny. I want to continue. In Genesis 18, when Sarah is asking about this and, and she laughs, God says, what's impossible for man is possible for God. The dream, the vision, the words, the destiny that God has for you is possible. Let's continue. Genesis 20. I like this chapter because God did not abandon Abraham again. And in Genesis 20, he meets up with Abimelech and he says, listen to his wife, you're beautiful. And these guys are going to see you and they're going to say you're beautiful and they're going to kill me to get to you. So instead of that, I want to live. Just tell him you're my sister. And God comes to Abimelech and says, don't you dare touch Sarah. And I find this interesting because the promise was to Abraham, but it was also through someone. 
And sometimes the promise that God gives you is not just for you singularly, but sometimes the promise that God gives you is through the intimacy and the relationship and the friendship with others that God causes those things to grow. And he speaks to Abraham or to Abimelech. And I want you to catch this. Abimelech's household is affected. God is so committed to his word over you and over me that nothing will get in the way of what he wants to do. There's a passage in another passage where uh, people are hired to prophesy against Israel and the, the guy, the prophet comes and says, listen, I cannot curse what God has blessed and God has blessed you so you can not be cursed. You are blessed and Abraham in this situation God looks and says no Abraham and Sarah I've marked them I've identified them and Abimelech you cannot do anything to that in fact God came down and he stopped it and he he confronts Abimelech and Abimelech's wife and the maids in her house their wombs are closed I want you to see this the very thing, the promise that was given to Abraham was seed. A nation coming out of you. It will, it's in you. It's going to come out of you. And then he has his interaction with Abimelech, and Abimelech's seed is thwarted, and it stopped, and his womb, the wombs of his wife and the wombs of his handmaids are closed up. And if you read chapter 20, I want to read this verse to you. Verse 17 and 18, Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maids so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the household of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And Abraham prayed and God opened up the wombs. The very thing, I want you to grab hold of this, the very thing that Abraham and Sarah were looking at and chasing and believing God for, seed and a child, they play, prayed for somebody else and they prayed that prayer and they said, Lord, let Abimelech be blessed and his wife and his handmaids and their wombs were open. The very blessing that Abraham and Sarah were looking for, he did not hold back and say, this is only for me, but he prayed for it for Abimelech. And do you know what? He prayed that before he received the promise himself. Powerful, powerful. Take a moment. Are you prepared to pray for somebody? Are you prepared to celebrate somebody else who is walking? Or are you prepared to pray for somebody who is not yet walking in that promise? And that promise is what you're going for. And Abraham prayed for him. And the very thing Abraham was going for, Abimelech got. That's powerful. In Ephesians 6 it talks about relationship with your boss and your and and it says if you work and you make what happen something good happen for him god sees it and he makes it happen for you ephesians 6 verse 8 write that down ephesians 6 verse 8 and look at that context god says listen 
what you make happen for others and how you treat others and how you work with others is how God works and treats and blesses you. And Abraham, he didn't say, listen, I want my wife to get pregnant. I will not pray for this guy to get pregnant because I want it. No, he said, no, God, release that here in this situation. And God released it. And then I want you to see the next verse. The Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. The next chapter, the next verse. And the Lord took notice and did what he said. And what I want you to see here, I find this amazing. This whole story has been about God talking to Abraham, God talking to Abram, God coming to Abram, God visiting Abraham. And what does it say here? It says God visited Sarah. And the realization of the promise took the intimacy of both. And the blessing and the, the, the future, the destiny, took a combination and an intimacy of both. Get intimate with the promise that God has for you. Get intimate with what God has said. And I'll even say this. If you're wanting children, get intimate with God and get intimate with your mate. Don't hold back. Enjoy it. God will bless you. God will open up your womb. As you celebrate others, all of a sudden what it does is it causes something to happen and God hears and God remembers and God blesses. God finishes what he starts. I pray this blesses you today because I believe prophetically God has promise after promise after promise for every single person at Solid Rock and I believe for every believer, every follower of Christ that God has a promise for you. Believe him. God initiates it. Believe him. He does not abandon you. And what he starts, he finishes. So my prayer for you today is that you would remember and rehearse those things God has put inside of you and you'd bring them to memory and then you would say, God, you said, you initiated and I'm going to walk in how you've said it and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to believe your word. Amen? Let's pray. My prayer is that God would bless you that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. My prayer is that God would see you, hear you, and visit you. My prayer is that the promises of Jesus, of God, are yes and amen through Jesus so that you would walk in the promises that God has for you. And your assignment is to write them down, write down his word, and believe his word. God bless you. Have an amazing week.